0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, June the 7th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show. Lucas Smith coming at you after a brutal, frustrating, awful, atrocious, painful, really just kind of sucky weekend. As the Cardinals are swept by Cincinnati at St. Louis for the first time since May of 1990. And this team just continues to see when they get more and more frustrating and just painful as the year goes on. Before I go any further, be sure to join Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him solely every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both p- present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check ins from Locked On MLB Networks, team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast, Odyssey, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Leave a rating if possible. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter, and Instagram at L O underscore Cardinals. So as I mentioned, the Cardinals fall four times over the weekend to the Cincinnati Reds. They now sit at thirty-one and twenty-nine, two and a half games back of first place. Entering play on Monday, everybody in the division has an off day today, except for the Chicago Cubs, who play at San Diego. Cardinals' run differential dips down to negative 18. And overall, they've lost five in a row, dating back to the Dodgers series. Mike Schilt saying in his post game that he is not really concerned. Uh, the, the exact quote from Mike Schilt, according to Jeff Jones' Twitter, saying, quote, I'm frustrated, but I'm not concerned, end quote. We fought our tails off uh, with Radley's last couple days, he says. But he also understands there's no consolation prizes. Quote, I feel great about this club. I'm proud of them. End quote. Like I said on, uh, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday show last week, I'm usually one to defend Mike Schilt. One of the reasons I'd like to defend Mike Schilt is that his, he does have trust in his guys. And I think at the professional level, trust in the relationship that a coach or manager has with their players goes a long way. I still believe that. I really do. But at some point, you do have to ask yourself, is is the manager pushing the right buttons? Now, for Sunday's game, yesterday's game, I don't think that was the manager. John getting didn't have it. Offense came back for a, a little bit, but I don't think Mike Schilt, if he pushes a different button, gets any different result. So Sunday's game isn't really my, my example with that, but... I guess my main point is for Schilt, you know, I, I talked about it, like I said a couple of, an episode last week of the managerial question marks that he has, and especially particularly of that game. But the main question that I have is why aren't you concerned? This offense is not performing what we thought it was going to. This pitching staff is banged up and most of them are not performing like we thought they would. So maybe Mike Schilt can't make a huge difference with with a with a button push on on one of the games, but he's I, I I'm I'm concerned. You know, do, do I think that the season's over and am I am I sticking a fork in them? Are they dead? No, absolutely not. They need to get. I've said this probably a thousand times over the last four episodes, but they need to get healthy, and I think they still need to make a move, make make a trade. And Michael Gersh and Jamosia like I've talked about that how. The, the necessity is there but is that necessity is the fact that the Cardinals have a necessity for it and they're desperate for it does that hinder their ability to make a move yes because they've lost the leverage once you lose leverage the Cardinals for example in the r and trade the Cardinals had all the leverage in the world and now, seemingly, they have no leverage. So if I'm Mike Schilt, I'm worried. I'm Lucas Smith, and I am worried about this Cardinal team. I mean, for example, let's, let's point back to another successful Cardinal team, 2011. Then now the greatest starts. they were having a, just above 500 for a, a part, portion of the year. They made moves. Those moves didn't immediately pan out, but did those moves pan out in the playoffs? Oh, boy. Rafael for had a nice division series set at the table in, in a couple of different games. Edwin Jackson f- filled on some nice spot starts in the regular season, but also a couple here in the postseason, not exceptional. But Octavio Dotel and Mark Zepchinski, Zepchinski, excuse me, boy oh boy were they good in the postseason. And you, you could argue that that team was a little desperate, and yet they still pulled off a move. But I don't think that that team was as desperate as this Cardinal team is. This team is, they're, they're banged up. This off day today is much, much needed after 17 games in 17 days for the second time this season. And again, it's baseball. It's a grind. That's what it is. So I'm not trying to make any excuses. Same thing with the injuries. The injuries happen. I'm not trying to make any excuses. But we can't talk about this Cardinal team without bringing up the fact that they are hurt right now. Again, I'm not trying to make too many excuses. Or any excuses for that matter. But you look at this team... Offensively, all national, all major league. they are 16th in slugging. They are 23rd in all-base percentage. This team does not walk very much. And for what it's worth... In average, they're 21st. So even if average doesn't mean everything, and apparently it doesn't in today's game, they're still bottom of the barrel there. Again, that's of course uh, compared to the entire major leagues, not just the National League. But this th- this team right now as it stands is not a playoff team. Both in terms of the actual standings and of the talent on the field. Because they're two and a half games out of first place and they are three and a half games out of the closest wildcard spot um, with the Dodgers and Padres occupying those spots and we all know how the Cardinals have played the Dodgers and Padres so far this year so at some point you have to wonder how long is too long to wait for this team to get healthy before we do say red flag, code red sound the alarms, etc etc I don't know that answer Uh, you know I feel like a lot of people Probably stuck a fork in the 2011 team, but again, that that's a not necessarily a fluke. That's a historic, historically outlierish, an a historic outlier, if you will. Great team, not to take anything away from that. Great, incredible team, remarkable run. But you know, we can't expect a 2011 run every single season, (laughs) right? And you know. A little couple of miles, have been saying, okay, it's it's still only May, it's still only at you know X date. We've got some time here before the Cardinals can figure stuff out. But we're we're close to the middle of the June, middle of June. We're June seventh. Cardinals need to kick it into gear quickly. And I'll be honest, you know, and I, I say this knowing that I'm not a manager, knowing that Mike Schultz probably still knows more than me about his team because there's probably some stats or some way that he's looking at it or his staff is looking at it that none of us know. So I say this knowing that, knowing that Mike Schilt gets paid to do this, I have the hindsight of looking at it through a TV with zero pressure, all that stuff. But I'm shocked that he's not worried, or at least he says he's not worried. And granted, you have to think to yourself, okay, well, what's he going to say? Is he going to say, I'm terrified, I'm going to lose my job, this is awful? No, he's going to put on a brave face. But putting on a brave face and being naïve to the fact that your team is struggling are two different things. And I think that he might just be naïve to the fact, and again, struggling short term, they could turn around. All this stuff is still very true, I get that. But the trend is not looking good. So I'm worried. I'm concerned about this team, and this team needs to start seeing some consistent changes ASAP. So it's uh, I delayed it as long as I could. Well, I didn't want to talk about it for as long as I wanted to. But now we have to talk about the four games set against Cincinnati and what the heck went wrong. We'll talk about the three games specifically, give a short preview for the upcoming series against the uh, Cleveland Indians. Uh, that'll be more of uh, what tomorrow's show is. And uh, we will, we'll go from there. But sadly, we do have to talk about the three losses that I've not talked about already on this show to the Cincinnati Reds. So... Red's talk coming up here in just a moment. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. They're researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four, four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy is also created a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in these three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA tax dollars to pay for them. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. So it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug the vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenge. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, like I said, so it's simple. You don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on MLB listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code locked on MLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co, L U C Y.co to use promo code locked on MLB at checkout. Also, I must give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use the promo code MLB. We'll go ahead and start with the, uh, not the most recent game, but the only game, or the game after, I haven't talked about. talked about Thursday's show, or Thursday's game on Friday's show. Uh, again, just to recap, that was the Adam Wainwright start. As the uh, Cardinals fall four to two uh, on that night, so if you miss that, be sure to head over to Friday's show. Uh, but again, just, just a quick recap there: Adam Wainwright going seven innings, struggled the first two. Uh, Cardinals coming back with two in the bottom half of the first, uh, but then that was that was it. And again, I talked about the managerial question mark there in the ninth inning of when to pinch hit Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, now that was a questionable, questionable decision at best. The offense was almost non-existent against Gutierrez, Anton and Sims. Now the Cardinals able to get the job, or winner, rather, was able to get the job done, but tagged with a loss. So let's talk about Friday's game. Let's see, was that a win or is that a loss? No, that was that was a loss. Man, this is just a brutal, brutal. Uh, series can't get over that enough uh, so Friday we'll, we'll fast forward to the ninth Cardinals are down six or they're they're down rather four to one and then Junior Fernandez gives up two and the top of the ninth and the Cardinals are now down six to one so it seems almost impossible yet the Cardinals score three on a Matt Carpenter double to score one and a Tommy Edmund double to score two and everything was looking pretty fun pretty good so you had the after the Edmund double, you had a Carlson single. So you got runners on first and third with two outs. So that would have tied the game. That tied me and again, coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? I mean, who who knows how the and it would have played out if the score was different, if the players' emotions were different, if the managers' decisions would have been different, pulling guys, pitching guys different, call different pitches, who knows? But nevertheless, It's never good giving up two runs in one inning, especially as a reliever. And that's exactly what Junior Fernandez did. And it proved, in my opinion, to be rather costly to the Cardinals. I've been a big fan of this bullpen. I've been talking about this bullpen pretty much since the day last season ended of how excited I am for this bullpen. And they have not, I'll be honest, they have not really shown me what I thought they were going to show me this season. i still got time to do so. Uh, But this bullpen... You know, I think a lot of it has to do with relying on rookies. Relying on, not necessarily rookies either, but just young guys uh, that maybe haven't necessarily dealt with the long haul of a full season yet. So we'll see how it goes. But nevertheless, Paul Goldschmidt comes up as the winning run, tying run at first base, facing Sean Doolittle. And there are some times when I feel like Paul Goldschmidt, I think... uh, at Crash STL, GB Sports uh tweeted this out that he was just going through the motions over the weekend. And I could see that, but there are there's some times where Paul Goldschmidt takes these at bats. And I'm thinking, What are you swinging at? What are you doing? Cause that, that was a pathetic and at bat as you're gonna get. And I'm sorry, Goldschmidt did not face Doolittle, he faced Feliz. So 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 my apologies there, but nevertheless he Swings through a, a slider down on away. way. Swings right through a fastball, right down the middle, and then swings at a pitch that was nowhere close to the strike zone uh, and the dirt to strike out. So not only are the Cardinals losing, but it it probably just seems this way because it's a losing streak. But they're losing a lot of games that feel like they should win, or at least they should be more competitive in. Or at least there are certain situations that you feel if one of these things goes differently, then the entire game is flipped and maybe that's the reason that Mike Schilt feels confident that if one or two things were different then it would be a winning streak instead of a losing streak sadly they didn't go that way and that's one of the reasons that I hate I guess my girlfriend this. I hate the what if game even though I just played it because it is never ending and it gets you nowhere bottom line the result was a cardinal loss Paul Goldberg struck out to the game and then from then on, the best the Cardinals do could tie the series. Spoiler alert, they did not. Because we move on to to Saturday's game, the game that uh, was started by Tyler Malley of the Cincinnati Reds and Johan Oviedo of the St. Louis Cardinals. And to be honest with the Oviedo didn't look terrible. I was probably, you know, obviously I was at a bachelor party for those of you who missed it on Twitter, so I was not able to live tweet it. But I went back, watched it. You know, he... Gave up two runs in four innings, but he had two scoreless innings to start. Two walks in four innings isn't necessarily ideal, but for him, massive improvement. So I was, you know, I wasn't too upset with Oviedo's start. Now that he took a step in the right direction, which for a guy like him, that's all you could ask for is take steps in the right direction, step by step. Sadly, it just turned out that Tyler Malley took a bigger step in the right direction. Not that he really needed it, he tossed seven innings, striking out eight Cardinals. And then TJ Antone and Lucas Sims finish it up with a scoreless inning each. Cardinals just with three extra base hits on the day. The uh, you know the, the big difference really came in the in the sixth inning for the Cincinnati Reds as they put two on the board to kind of put it out of reach on a Eugenio Suarez two run blast. That guy's been struggling a tad this year. Uh, he got off to a an an atrocious, just an atrocious start. But he he always seems to just murder the St. Louis Cardinals. He is a third baseman that plays shortstop now, I guess, but he's only hitting a buck sixty two. Got an on base of two thirty-four, an OPS of six oh nine, slugging three seventy-five. He's got thirteen home runs and two hundred and sixteen at bats. Just 31 hits in those 216 at-bats. He just always, though, for some reason or another, seems to kill the St. Louis Cardinals. Hit a big home run, ended up being the difference. Cardinals fall. So now all the Cardinals can hope to do is the offense, like I said, continue to sputter. Just three extra base hits, two for eight with one or some scoring position, not really much else to talk about there when you're talking about the offense. Carlson had an offer. Arnauto had a nice day. He's had a couple of nice days in a row now. I guess the only other thing to talk about from this game is Yadier Molina and how he left with a left knee contusion. And again, Cardinals say this. They're hoping that it's not too long of an injury. He'll be back in no time, hopefully. they listed his day-to-day still. Uh, Kisner got the start yesterday, which we'll talk about in just a moment. And then, like I obviously, like I mentioned earlier, the Cardinals are off today. So it, it had to be pretty painful, I think, for Yachty to let himself be taken out. Yachty doesn't always do that. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, Yachty is taken out. Kisner got the start yesterday. You know, I thought Kisner did a fine job. Locking the baseball. He made a really f- nice defensive play. Uh, as on a uh, ground ball to Arnato threw home to get the runner at home. Um... You know, Kisner had to come out a little bit, got him in a rundown, and then as soon as he tagged him on the run, made a dart throw to second base the time he to Tommy he to double-up runner. So really fine defensive play by Andrew Kisner. I liked that a lot. Uh, so, you know, I didn't think he did terrible. Had a hit. He did uh, strike out once, but again, that, that is what it is. I, I thought he was gonna. I thought he struck out three times, but I got my numbers mixed up. So Kisner did a fine job. John Gant did not do a fine job. zero rose from 1.6 to 2.63 in just one start as he was tagged for seven earned runs. And he only walked three. It wasn't like he was walking five, six batters yesterday. So he was just getting tagged. Winker had a home run in the first. Um, he ended up having three on the day, in case you were counting. Suarez had a double. Naquin had an RBI there. Um, so Na- Naquin had a double. Suarez had an RBI. Beg your Pardon. So it's just a never-ending barrage of hits for the Reds, and then in the bottom of the sixth, the Cardinals make a miraculous comeback. The following all happens before the Cardinals, before the Reds, rather, are even able to record an out. Ready? So Michael Fleece comes in. Ornato single. O'Neill bomb. That dude is on fire. Sosa walk. Rondon single. Kisner single. Pitching change. Carpenter, who should have been rung up on a strike three. I think robo-umpires are coming. Doubles anyways. Tommy Edmond, single. Tommy Edmond, steals second. Carlson, walks. Pitching change. Goldschmidt, double play. About the worst thing that could happen. Line drive back to the pitcher. I think it might have gotten through to center field if Anton doesn't catch it. Nevertheless, very next pitch, Arnotto singles, and we're tied. And then a pop-out of O'Neill, So I went through the whole inning there. But nevertheless, a incredible kind of where-did-this-come-from comeback. And then all of a sudden, all of the momentum is in St. Louis's favor. Okay, Egos comes in uh, after Angel Rondon made a nice debut. It's a scoreless inning. Gives up a single in the seventh, but gets all three outs. Gives up nothing in the eighth. Strikes out two. The offense isn't really able to muster up anything on in the seventh. They had a single, then a double play in the seventh. In the eighth, they don't really get anything done. Carlson is rung up on strike three on a pitch that was outside. Again, I think Robo-ops, the Robo-ops, robo Umps are coming. And then in the ninth, get a ground out. Reyes comes in. Reyes throws a beautiful curveball for strike two. A little bit up in the zone, but a beautiful curveball um, to Jesse Winker, four strike two for a called strike. Hindsight is 20-20. The very next pitch, he throws another curveball. Winker hammers it, home run. Winker's third of the day. I'm sorry, you can't let Winker beat you, beat you again. Just can't happen. Can't throw another breaking ball there. I, I was really hoping that he was going to blow him away with a fastball up in the zone. That's what he had him set up for. Maybe Yachty calls for that. Maybe he doesn't. But That that that, that one stung, obviously, because it was a home run in the ninth inning. But, bad pitch call there, in my opinion. And then you go to the bottom of the ninth. Think, okay, here we go. Lucas is in indulgement. Single on the first pitch. Arnauto doubles. If the ball was a little bit lower, stays in the park, maybe that ties the game. But nevertheless, you have second and third. Nobody out. For your hottest hitter at the plate, O'Neill pops out, doesn't come through. He was frustrated with himself. I think he just missed a high curveball that he popped out on. And then Emundo Sosa and Jose Rondon both put together really nice at-bats. Sosa saw seven pitches, Rondon six. Quality at-bat, especially from Sosa. The problem was they both swung at ball four. Sosa on a fastball in the zone, up in the zone. Rondon on a curveball that was nowhere close. Cardinals fall. And again, just a real frustrating, frustrating loss. Talk about up and down emotions, though. 7-0, 7-7, 8-7, drama in the ninth. Really fun game. Sadly, just didn't end the way the Cardinals wanted it to. Frustrating is the word that I talked about in my video on Twitter yesterday. No other way to put it. Just really, really, really frustrating. Take a quick break. Talk about a upcoming Cleveland Indian series for just a moment. Um, And then just kind of get my final thoughts on the Red Series. Coming up in just a moment. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have nine incredible, delicious flavors, including an occasional limited-time flavor. When we talk to a book Bar fan, we are passionate about our favorites. Here are the nine Bilt Bar flavors, in case you didn't know. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So, there's something for everyone. Of these nine delicious flavors, my favorite is double chocolate, because I love me some Chocolate. If you haven't tried all these flavors, you can get a mix box. You get two of each flavor. And yes, each bar is covered in some delicious chocolate. But that doesn't mean they're not healthy. They're best tasting and they're healthy as well. Because most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. Just four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. Other ones have a little bit more calories, 180. But you get 18 grams of protein mixed in there. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So be sure to order today at BuiltBar.com, and you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline AG is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is well within full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and infos for all your sporting needs, not just baseball. You've also got the NBA playoffs, NHL Stanley Cup, and all of your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, you've got some time so you can do a lot of betting before the next pitch of the St. Louis Cardinals. So before tomorrow's pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can get that 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cardinals need a win in the worst way. Only three major league baseball t- games are today Miami, Boston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, and the one that we care about, Cubs, Padres. Padres looking to redeem themselves after getting, for the most part, embarrassed by the Cubs last week. So if the Cubs do win, that'll push the Cardinals. Um three games back of the Chicago I'm sorry, yes, three games back of the Chicago Cubs. That'll push us to ninety four and a half. Cardinals right now sitting just two games above five hundred. That's not good. That's not where the Cardinals thought they would be by mid-June. I can tell you that much. So they're facing off against the Cleveland Indians tomorrow and Wednesday before another off day on Thursday. The Cleveland Indians, the AL Central, are four games back, five games above 500 four games back of the Chicago White Sox. They have a, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, 15-under run differential. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, looking at the probable pitching matchups according to MLB.com for game one, which is tomorrow at 715 Central, still from still from Bush Stadium. Carlos Martinez versus Shane Bieber. That doesn't look too promising for St. Louis. As Martinez's ERA has jumped north of five. And then on Wednesday, on another 715 first pitch, it's Jean Carlos Mejia, uh, who's just making his second start out of the bullpen. Uh, coming from the bullpen, faces off against Adam Wainwright. I would not expect anything other than a split. I think the Cardinals lose tomorrow and win Wednesday. But again, I'll be going more in-depth to this series on tomorrow's show. Uh, so be sure to come back for that. This Red Series was tough. It was brutal. It was bad. It was painful. But it's over. I've been saying that a lot. Just take it and swallow Move over. M- move on. But that's pretty much all we can do at this point. Cardinals need to get healthy. Hopefully, De Young comes back soon. He's on a rehab assignment, so we'll see how. I mean, once once the Cardinals get healthy, then I think it starts to turn around. They need they need pitching help badly. I will say that they need pitching help really really badly. So, before I do let you go, be sure to listen to Locked On today as well. How High is the Titan Ceiling with Julio Jones? That's what they're talking about today. So be sure to get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked on Today podcast. Follow Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.